House of Run podcast. What are you into these days? Mostly running, Howard. Running. Yeah. Look at Bill! Look at Bill! Coming on! Bill, you're coming on! I'm not thinking about making the team. I'm thinking about gold in Munich. What can I say? I got beat by a zebra. Starts now. We are back with the House of Run podcast. I'm Kevin Sully, joined by Jason Halpin, recording on an Easter Sunday. I'm here in Austin, Texas. As per usual, Jason has not left his home in Las Vegas, Nevada. Any updates, Jason? Any new hobbies? Anything you're doing exciting? <sighs> That's a good question. Um, No. <laughs> Absolutely nothing. Um, I probably should come up with some new hobbies or something, right? I don't know. I, uh, I've been going back and I've been like trying to beat old video games from when I was a kid that I couldn't beat. And Oof. I think what I realized is I was better at video games when I was a kid than I am now. Oof. That's tough. That's like, you know, like original Nintendo, like Battletoads, which is like, I don't know, there's like 10 people who are with me right now. And it's like one of the <laughs> hardest games ever made. And I go, you know what? I'm going to try to beat this game. And I go, this game, it, it's, impo- it's stupid. I'm yelling at the TV like I'm a child because I'm so frustrated. And uh, that's what I've been doing with my life. I bet if there was a way for us to remotely play NBA Street again oh, against, man. Our, against our 17 and 18-year-old selves, we would be really bad, too. Oh, we, we were at our dominated. prime. Yeah, I think, absolutely. I think our reflexes were probably better. I think mm-hmm. we just, yeah, just, yeah, I had to overthink it now. And, you know, it'd be like, <laughs> oh, I don't know if you could really throw an LU-oop off the backboard. <laughs> Um, we'd, we'd run, try to run plays. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Bounce passes and just you can't call timeout in the middle of NBA Street. <laughs> if anybody doesn't know what NBA Street was, it was was it two on two, two on two basketball game. Yeah, it was kind of and it was NBA Jam ish, but you know, knew it was like PlayStation yeah. Two. I think we were playing it on. Yes. Um. Yeah, and it was. Yeah, it was fun. It was ridiculous, but it was fun. Yeah, we go home from practice. We go home from school because we had a three-hour break between school and practice because that was a great way to use our time. And yep. we would play it, and then somehow still be late to practice because we <laughs> had to play one more game, one more game, one more game. I I'm trying to think if I've done anything new this week. I'm I'm trying to watch more shows. Yeah. Um, but I'm also doing a thing where I'm like giving up on shows too. Mm. So I'm 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 I'm, I'm bad pulling- at that. I know I am too, but I'm trying to get better at things during this time. So I thought I'd get better at stopping. Okay. And I want I want to improve quitting. So, um, like I'll watch something for an episode or two, and if it's just not for me, I yeah. just say to myself, "Hey, it's not for me." Uh, I'm doing it with a lot of comedies. I'm just moving through a lot of comedies, Ooh. and I'm thinking, "Oh, it's not for me." What so, uh, What are we talking about here? Uh, I mean, Fleabag's funny, but it's I want it's a little too dark. Okay. And I just don't I don't need I, that I right loved now. It, but I I could, I could understand that. Okay. Yeah, I thought it was just going to be uh, really light. And no, then yeah, not at all. It's not, and uh, I didn't. And and it gets darker, so you well, failed at a good time. So that's what I'm assuming, right? Because it's three seasons, two seasons, like all these things. There are multiple seasons, so I'm like, if I'm not liking it now, um, what was the other one? Oh, Shit's Creek. I did like I one episode. I have not watched it yet, though. Yeah, and then on the drama side of things, I started. I had some time to like kill last night. I literally had nothing um, to do for an hour, but mm. I had to be in a specific spot for an hour. It's kind of it, that sounds more mysterious than it, it was. It really but, does, yeah. <laughs> but I would have rather been sleeping. But I was just like going through. Net- I could not sleep for 
an undisclosed reason. Reason. So I mean, everybody's talking about Ozark, so I put it on. It was fine, but it's not. It's not Breaking Bad, which I don't mean. It doesn't have to be. Not. I watched show. one episode uh, on a bachelor party. We all woke up hungover, and somebody just put it on. Let's watch was, Ozark, bro. Yeah, and it was. It was like I think I woke up like ten minutes in, and I was watching it. And I was like, okay, this is interesting. But I, you know, that was just episode one. I, I'll probably get to that show at some point. Yeah. Um, it just yeah. you're already there. You're already to a point. I mean, I'm sure it goes in different directions, but you didn't have to work for it. And I wanted to work for it. Like I want it to. I want to marinate a little bit in it. Mm. I don't want to already meet like, uh, uh, you know, the motivations it take a little while to, to unspool. Is that one of those? I feel like that's a show that you come up with the name and then you build backwards into a, a TV <laughs> show, right? It's got the American Pie dad in it too, which I can't okay. really. Eugene Levy, right? Well, and that's the problem I have with the show you recommended for me too, The Good Place, which I lasted. Oh, so great. I only lasted through well, four or five episodes on that one. That wow. one I, I took longer to give up on because you recommended it. I just, Ted Danson, I just, I'm not a big, I don't know. Oh, it's man. not like he, it's He's not like great. I hate Ted Danson because yeah. I don't think anybody can have that strong of opinions about <laughs> Ted Danson. But I just, I don't, like, he's just, I don't know. Do you, you know what I'm saying? I, no, I don't actually. I was there, really but... curious of how you're going to finish that sentence because I'm, he, I'm, I'm curious. He's not, like, he's too unbelievable, I guess is what I'm saying. Mm. Like, he's, too, and I know he was in Cheers. Yes. Uh, and I know he's in other stuff. He he has like too much personality for me. Interesting. Not he's not like Gilbert Gottfried where you're like <laughs> like that type of do- guy. But it's just there's I don't know. Like I see him and I see oh that I say oh that's Ted Danson. I don't think oh that's the actor. Okay. Or, or that's the that's the that's character. like the character. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I don't know why I don't have any relationship with Ted Danson. I didn't watch Cheers. It's interesting. Forty-eight years old, like I don't. I, yeah, I, I, you know, I did a Cheers rewatch uh, a few years ago. Funny show, yeah. very funny. I enjoyed it a lot, actually. Do you know what I might? Do you know what I might do? Do you know what I might watch? And I've made fun of the show before, for really for no reason. But I never really watched Community. Oh, uh, one of my top five favorite sitcoms of all time. So I might do that just because I want something completely uh, mindless, and that would probably be it, right? Uh, I wouldn't describe it as that. Like, there's the pandemic plotline and well, two. no, I mean, like it's it's you know it's like silliness and fun and some heartwarming stuff in there too. Um, but it, like the mindless, I go more with like Big Bang Theory, Friends. Like those are those are ones you could put on in the background and jump in at any point and just be like, oh, this is a The Office. Is whatever, the office mindless. Would you say? Mm, I think there's more subtlety to that. Okay. And that's well, I'm fine like, with the office. I'm fine. With the no, office. And, and it's not even like I'm insulting those shows necessarily, but community is like a little more. They do some really clever, like you know, homages and different stuff like that. That it's a, you know, I, I'm really splitting hairs here, but I just like when I think of a mindless sitcom, they, they, that's not one that would I would I would put in that category. Speaking of shows you like, I saw that is Zach Braff and the other guy doing a podcast now from Scrubs. Yeah, re, Scrubs rewatch. Um, are you have you downloaded every episode? I, well, they've only released two so far, um, mm-hmm. but yeah, uh, I'm What's into the guy's it. name? I feel bad that I don't know his name. Donald Faison and Zach yeah. Braff. Yeah, Petey from Remember the Titans. Yes, exactly. Um, but yeah, so they're they're doing like because the Office ladies did that first, right? They're where they're just going episode by episode. Oh, uh, they are. I don't know. Oh yeah, Pam and uh, Angela oh. are going episode by episode, um, watching everyone, and then they discuss it. You know with each podcast episode and scrubs is doing now the same thing and i'm i I like the office a lot but scrubs is like 
my favorite sitcom of all time. So okay. I, I'm, I I'm very excited. So you got some stuff to do. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot of, a lot of media, you know, <laughs> I discovered a hot sauce. I really like, so that was big. That is big. I got that, I got that going for me. Um, been doing other podcasts. Yes. I mean, so, <laughs> you've got half your week filled just from recording podcasts. So that's, a plus. And, then I, and then I listen to podcasts <laughs> on the other half. Uh, the main one, well, the main running one, obviously, is the Flow Track podcast. We interviewed Emma Bates on Friday. People should check that nice. out if they're if they're looking for additional running content and or if they've already gone through all the Scrubs rewatch podcasts <laughs> and they want something else. She uh, had actually COVID nineteen symptoms a couple oh. of weeks ago, but couldn't get a test. So she she told uh, Lincoln and I about that, and also her dad passed away in twenty sixteen. Obviously, not of the coronavirus, but of some. She had a, a he had a lung disease and passed really quickly. Uh, passed away really quickly. Um, so she talks about that experience, and also we talked to her about the Olympic trials. And she lives, Jason, off the grid. And when I say uh, off the grid, I mean off the grid. No electricity. Wow. Uh, no, no running water. She's like an hour outside of Boise. Um, That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty. Uh, it's a pretty cool story. So we talked all about that. So people can find that wherever they find this podcast on Apple or Spotify or Stitcher or what have you. Um, I would say that we're going to plan out this whole show, but we just keep getting all these emails and they're all good and they're not thematically based around anything. They just kind of jump how around. How could they be? Right. Cause the show isn't thematically based around anything. Um, you know, Lincoln and I were joking last week about how basically every running story now is either this got canceled or this got a new date. So, yeah. and that's... That's not that's not much. Uh, so the world championships are going to be in 2022. We found that out last week. Yep. Yeah, so that's that's a plus. I mean, <laughs> I, I guess they could have just gone heads up against the Olympics and see what would have happened. <laughs> I think it would have they would have found out really quickly that people care a little bit more about the Olympics. But who knows? You know, would have been would have been fun. Do you want to go to Tokyo or do you want to compete in a stadium with a nine foot tower outside? <laughs> I mean, that's, what? yeah, that would be, I mean, or if you just had them like two weeks apart, that'd be interesting. You just get rematch. I mean, the storylines you could get from that would be, would be fascinating. Yeah, that would be. Obviously, I mean, it, would be, be sh- it would be horrible, but it would be yeah. like amazing for that two weeks. It would be really exciting. I mean, it wouldn't be bad if there was another world championship is again the next year right like if you had yeah. one every single year regardless of when the olympics are and there's just olympic year world championships and then there's non-olympic year world championships right um i wonder if i don't know if they have mapped this this far ahead but obviously now there's a championship in 21 with the olympics in 22 i'm guessing they're uh the t- 23 is going to stay with 23 and then 24 will be olympics I hope they don't like force an off year when there's not supposed to be an off year now. I just wouldn't because... think so. Like, what if they were just like, "Hey, we have to do the worst." You know, the worst part we have, the worst idea we had. We have to make sure we keep that. <laughs> I'm tired. I gotta take a breather, guys. Three <laughs> years in a row. Four years in a row. Yeah, like, I think that's it's hilarious. Yeah, that is a benefit to get the uh, you know 21, 22, 23, 24, 25. Like that's that's pretty solid. Oh, it would be awesome. It'd be awesome. I saw. Someone tweeted Otto about it, like, oh, don't you think athletes will, like, need a break or something? And he's like, wait, what? It's one championship yeah. a year. Like, this is literally what They can take doing. off five months during the, like, yes. from the championship till outdoor starts again. That's uh, more than, I mean, you take off half the year. Yeah. Some of the guys do that. 
Or so. or if you're tired, you can take off the <laughs> Yeah, right. That's fine. <laughs> you don't need to show up to the Sunday run. Yeah, you, you know, it's yeah. a, it's optional at that point. But Absolutely. Like, there should be a meet. What what worries me about it is that thinking that you're saying because I feel like they might do that, and also finding hosts, right? Right. And also, I mean, if we get into a tough spot with a real economic slowdown, not just in the United States but globally, which we might already be at. I'm not. I haven't looked at my economic models yet today. I have them in this this drawer right underneath me. Um, maybe that would be an issue where it's like, hey, we need to like. Look for hosts that are can be financially uh, stable, and yeah. that might be harder. But I just figure then throw it back to London. Throw well, it back that's to... yeah. I feel like you just go like the people who blatantly like have the thing in place and like mm-hmm. don't have to add any additional anything's really like you know. So you make it as simple as possible, which seems you know. I know it still costs money to like put on a meet and whatever, but it seems mm-hmm. like you could do it in an easier way if if we get to that point. Yeah, and you also could. We've talked about this before, but but yeah, ro- rotate it between those normal sites, or even I don't know, man. Dare I say, figure a way to scale it back so it's not ten days. Mm. Cut it, cut it down a little bit. Yeah, I don't know. Like if you, it, I'd rather have it every year and have the field size be a little bit short, smaller, and shorten the meat a little bit. Like I like it. Obviously, I mean, I, actually, I shouldn't say it. like I love it, but I don't need it to be ten days. Right. It could be five days, and it would still be awesome. Um, especially if you're not going to let people actually do doubles over a 10 day schedule. Um, I guess we're, yeah, we're not gonna, we're not gonna get to that on this episode. We're not yet going to unveil Jason's schedule. We're waiting until we have nothing else to talk about. <laughs> so you guys gotta, you guys gotta stay tuned in. Um, looking through this inbox, uh, like I said, a hodgepodge of emails from a variety of topics. I just greatly appreciate them. This will be a good show. Um, It'll be a great distraction. I almost responded to something on Facebook, and I have a rule about never doing that. This was not running related. This was pandemic related. Mm. So that's like my head's like I was getting to a bad headspace. Yeah, either way, you you can't do it. I I understand. (laughs) I do. Yes. And then I was like, I looked at the email inbox, and it put me in a much better place. I was like, oh, okay. Like, humanity is good. Because the thing I read on Facebook, I was like, I'm going to throw my computer out yep. of the window it's not going to be good we also have before we get into these emails um i wouldn't say people are clamoring people are asking a few people are asking for the live show so yeah, it was all i don't think there was any hey don't do that so that's a plus <laughs> yeah there wasn't like a million people saying hey do that but there was there was a few i'm down to do it i just don't know what your schedule is like open to quite open <laughs> Okay, so when would we – because it's tough. You want to do it in the evening, right? But I then think so. the, We got our friends in Great Britain. Mm, that's a good point. And that's – they have a lot of enthusiasm, and they might actually show up. Are the American people flaky? I don't know. Maybe yes, maybe no. Or maybe we do one and we see – Do we do it on a, on a weekend? Like, I mean, if if we did it, you know, Sunday at like a noon or something like that, so that way you've got – you know, it's it's 8 p.m. in in the UK and people even yeah. east of that. Like it's still you know a, a reasonable time at night. And then would you your... tune in? At, would you tune in to a podcast you liked at noon? I think so on a Sunday. Like a, you know, presume like I know a lot of people aren't working in general. I'm not. Um, 
but for people who are, I know some people work on the weekends. Sorry, I, it's no matter what, we're not gonna be able to accommodate to everybody. But you know, you still figure the majority of the people are off on the weekend. They get their long run done early Sunday morning. Okay, because it's starting okay, to heat like up. This. So, so you're 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 cooling down. You're you're done with your long run around ten. You get some food, and then all of a sudden you go, hey, I'm gonna go watch the live show on the House of Run. Okay, do you want to do this next Sunday? I mean, or- sure, whenever you tell me. Okay. No, I'm down. I just I I'm gonna need help with somebody else to to produce it to figure out how Zoom works. But also, I guess I could put the details on. Tw- not see, not everybody has Twitter though. So it's like, how do you get the info out? I guess we could put a we could put something in the show notes when we figure it out, or on yeah. Facebook. I'll go on Facebook. I'll break my no Facebook rule. We haven't posted on there in years, but I'll put something on Facebook. We could, we could post like a ten minute episode talking about it on like midweek this week. Oh, good just idea. So people get that in their feed, you know. Ooh. Look at you. See? Hey, right? You're coming up with good ideas. Yeah. Even though your life is at a Even though my brain still. is just melting as from non-use. We can do it. it. It'll go like this. Ready? This is how we'll do it. Yeah. Hi. I'm Kevin. I'm Jason. <laughs> and together we are the House, House of, of Run. Run. <laughs> do you like Zoom calls? Who Me. doesn't? <laughs> Have you been forced to sit in front of your computer and figure out what the mute button is <laughs> okay we'll do it we'll do that yeah let's plan on it because the only Done. way we're going to do it is, is if we do it um as socrates once said all right let's go to the email inbox yeah house of run at gmail.com actually you know what i know where i'm going to start i know where i'm going to start because there's something i want to talk about too here but we'll go first with gabriel okay L- long time first time is Love gabriel it. He's from New Brunswick, Canada. Love it. Canadian listeners. Love your, new, love your new segment on how listeners have beaten famous runners. I was one of those sprinters who showed potential as an early high schooler but faded away. My PBs, I refused to use PR, date back to when I was 16 or 17. However, I did the exercise and realized I beat Usain Bolt in only four steps. In 2000, I was 15, I beat Jared Connaughton, who became a two-time Olympian and Olympic Games semifinalist. Jared beat Andre de Grasse a few times, who beat Justin Gavin, who beat Bolt. There. I am the fastest man in the world. Keep up the good work of the podcast, keeping me sane during these insane times. Man, four steps to Bolt? Yeah. That's pretty impressive. I mean, it helps yeah. beating a two-time Olympian. Yes. What would you say? So who's the, who's the distance equivalent to Bolt? What'd you say? I mean, it's 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 goat status. So you're talking like a Bekele. You're talking a Kipchoge. Mm. What if I told you somebody on this podcast can get to Bekele in three steps? Whoa. I would say it's probably not me. What if I said this person was Jason Halpin? (laughs) Okay, go on. Get your seatbelt on. I'm I'm excited. 2001 Nevada State Championships, Rancho San Rafael Park. Yes. It was a cold day. High hopes were in the air. Jason Halpin, some might say, runs the race of his life. Three weeks after a league title that nobody saw coming, he gets 10th in the Nevada State meet. Now, what's a Nevada State meet, you might ask? Well, you see. (laughs) Not a whole lot. Not a whole lot, but Jason did it. Uh, Stuff just fell off my shelves. That's how important that performance was. Jason finishes 10th. He beats a gentleman, one of the state's top-ranked runners from Reno High School, Jonathan Cardenas. 
Fast forward six years later, Jonathan Cardenas goes to Northern Arizona University and runs in the NCAA cross-country championships. Who does he beat there? Well, he beats a lot of people because he turned into a pretty good runner. But one of the people he beat was Garrett Heath. Fast forward seven more years in the future. Let's go to the great Edinburgh cross-country championships in the UK. Garrett Heath. Oh, who does he beat? Oh, he beats Asbel Kiprop and Kenanisa Bekele. Let's go to the next year. Wow. Who does Garrett Heath beat? Oh, he beats Ritz and Kiprop. Oh, let's go to 2016. Oh, let me look at these results. 8K, Garrett Heath, 25-29. Second place, Mo Farah, 25-31. <laughs> Jason Halpin wow. beats Bekele and Farah in three steps. I am blown away by this. I had considered like looking up uh, myself, but I was like, I'm not good enough for this. I just like I was like I couldn't have imagined who I would have beaten that would have actually um, accomplished something, um, unless you had beaten somebody because I had beaten you a couple times. But that's amazing. Thank you. I, I yeah, I did beat Jonathan Cardenas. I guess that was that's that's crazy. Mm. Take a bow, sir. Three steps. Three Gar- steps. I'm I'm very I'm I'm very happy with myself right now. This is this is great. Garrett Heath is the key. He unlocks a lot because in- <laughs> yeah, that's Kiprop, that really helps. Beca- and you know what you did? Uh, it's chronological, which is cool, and it's all in the same discipline, all cross country. Mm, that's true. Your victory over Cardenas cross country, Cardenas over Heath cross country, and then Heath over all these greats was on the cross country course. So, man. I knew Cardenas like kind of turned into a, a good runner. I didn't realize, you know, like that he maybe quite to the extent that happened. Yeah. Well, I was gonna. So I was just doing this when I was eating breakfast, um, this morning, and I was just looking through, um, your like our results, and I was like, did J- who did Jason beat that year? And there were a couple candidates of people who I remembered going on and doing something in college, but he was the one I remember who did the best but you have a lot to choose from and this is just in the cross-country championships because i mean i'm sure he ran some one-off races too at nau that was he was he he finished pretty high up but he got in that race he finished uh where is he right here hold on a second he finished 75th in 07 um so he beat there's some other guys in here he beat that i recognized Craig Heath, uh, Garrett Heath, obviously the big one. Um, yeah. Again, I didn't go. I didn't go back much. Like, like I didn't go back to who he beat in 06 or anything like that. So, what I was gonna do was I was gonna pick some random person that Farah beat, like Andy Vernon, and I was like, "Hey, Jason, I can get you to beat Andy Vernon in four steps." And they're like, <laughs> "No way!" And I'm like, "Yes, you beat Cardenas. Cardenas beat Heath. Heath beat Farah, and then Farah beat Andy Vernon. Isn't that crazy?" <laughs> That's good. No, I, I man, I, I'm blown away. I, I'm, I'm very, very happy about that. Um, yeah. See, I choked constantly. Oh, he also beat Elliot Heath, who the brother, obviously, who had a very good career. Um, so he probably, he probably got some d- transitive W's there too. So, yeah, you, you have, you're leading the game right now. So, congrats, man. I mean, yeah, you, you had an unfortunate, you know, finish at the end there. You were, you were better runner than I was that season. I just happened to peak at the right time, I guess. Um, 
Well, I choked like a like when I was thinking about this, I was like, I've never beaten anybody good because I would get like that wasn't well, my if I, if I got there in three steps, guess who got there in four steps? I Kevin guess Sully. So. Yeah, that's true. But it's not as cool when you say it that way. But like you, you had like a um, you had races where you really you know you you had a you blew up a bit. Mine was like I was in a much uh, smaller range. I'll say that. So, yeah, yeah, no, my season, I mean, it was, it was definitely like a, like I started off that season, not very well, which was very disheartening because we like made a point to like work so hard in the, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. the some the track season before and the summer before to like, all right, this is the, you know, we're going to start senior year. We're going to train crazy hard. And like, you came out firing and I was like, not that good. And then it wasn't until I think it, it was a talk with your dad that really kind of kind of that have put me over the edge mm-hmm. my dad actually beat Bekele in two steps so Whew. <laughs> i believe no it. it'll be it'll be great when someone like like asbel dot kiprop writes in and he's like i beat everybody in one step and like asbel <laughs> calm down it was like hey it's, none of them were legal though yeah. man you were on drugs and he's like no i wasn't man he's still he's still at it on twitter it's pretty incredible i love yeah. it <laughs> it's incredible um okay let's go to man we got some shorts versus tight stuff here Oh, here's a good one for you because you like the band Nickelback. Uh, this is cr- one of my favorite. Chris from Omaha, originally from Kansas City. Yeah. I was listening to the latest pod while on a soul-crushing run this week, and someone drove past me blaring Nickelback. Now, since I have ears, I think Nickelback is terrible. This got me thinking. Nickelback is a band that most people love to hate, yet some people absolutely love them. So who would be the Nickelback of the running world? Someone that creates feuds amongst friends, brings contraries with them at Diamond League meets. Please cue Scooter's song because it's been far too long since we've heard it. Someone that is the fodder for family disputes at Thanksgiving, but still someone that has a large following or for whom people cheer. My vote would be Justin Gatlin. Just like Nickelback is more musically talented than I am, I can't sing a lick, nor can I play an instrument to save my life. A non-dope Gatlin is still infinitely faster than I am. That said, Nickelback makes garbage music and Gatlin's been busted for doping, yet people still pack arenas to listen to awful songs and some fans root for Gatlin despite the fact that he's taken more shots than his soon-to-be groom at his bachelor party. Curious to hear your take and to see if you have any other suggestions. Also, Carol Baskin totally killed her husband. Best to you and your family. Jason, (laughs) Kevin, keep rocking the portable phone storage like the rest of us old dudes. And both of you and the House of Run Nation stay healthy. Deuces. That is Chris. Yeah, I've been just on an, an aside on running. I found really the yeah. only way I'm guaranteed to get out to run is by taking uh, Little Iliud with me. And Little Iliud is not little anymore. Little Iliud is four and a yeah. half and he weighs 50 pounds. And I looked up, I Googled, just as I was Googling up Jason's results, I Googled, I said, average weight for a four year old. And then it gave me, and I don't know how scientific this was, but you get up to seven years old before you hit 50 pounds, supposedly. Whew. Yes. Great for the shot put, his future shot put career. Bad for me. Well, he's tall too. Yes, I mean he's yeah, yeah. But he's thinned out a lot. Like from when you when you saw him, he was kind of uh, pudgier. Now he's like lean and mean. Um, emphasis on mean. But it's just like terrible pushing him. Like it's just now it's like I'm moving a sled. It's not the same thing as running. Like my arms are like dead after each <laughs> run. So I need a conversion uh, chart for that. But. It solved the phone issue because now I just throw it in the stroller. Oh, you got so much storage. <laughs> yes, I can put it anywhere. Okay, Nickelback, Jason. Who is the Nickelback of? <sighs> yeah, as he was, you know, describing it, which I which I love. I mean, I, I feel the same way that Nickelback he does. It's it's this band. You know, it has they sell at arenas. They've gone like triple platinum. Like, and you're just like, oh, I just 
oh, everyone makes fun of them. That's what, what happens. Um, yeah, the first one I thought of was Gatlin, and now I'm trying to think of another one. Um, Don't you feel like it's got to be somebody who's like marketed better than they actually are, though? Mm. Who's... Because you could say like Rupp, like Rupp is very divisive, but it's not like he's still really good. No one disputes that he's good. Right. They might dispute. And same with I guess same with Gap. Yeah, they yeah. might dispute why they're good, but they're like, like really, really good. I'm thinking of like huh. I'm trying to think of somebody who's like has a lot of fans and marketability, but they're not like actually. There's other people that are better. Right. Yeah, like, yeah. Oh, man, that's a good question. Like, someone who's not, like, probably not in the top 10 of their event, but somehow is still more famous. Yeah, like, like a couple years ago, like, Lolo, before, Lolo Jones. Before Bekele dropped 201, I would say just Bekele's marathon career. <laughs> yeah. I think um, Lolo Jones, maybe, a couple years ago. Or oh, Carolina. that's a good one. Yeah. That's a really good one, actually. That's I think that's the answer. I like how you just set, separated Be- Bekele's marathon career. Yeah, but. because, I mean, Bekele, the runner, is, you know a goat level runner so i you couldn't say that but you know then he dropped 201 so it was uh, it, that's not even a good one anyway but um because you know he was obviously super hyped because it's one of the greatest runners of all time stepping into an event you know even even farah as a marathoner mm-hmm. you kind of go okay like yeah i guess he's top 10 yeah you know he's right around there but he was never you know his name is bigger than his his talent at that point in that event but i i think i think lolo jones you you hit it on the head yeah uh, and I agree. I'm playing the Diamond League song. Oh yeah, yeah. Let's do it. Let's do it. We're not gonna get to play it. So, what channel is BN? What time zone is Doha in? I don't understand the point system. Where is the five thousand? I got a virus from this Russian stream. I forgot to set my fantasy team. I always select Perkovich. Every two hundred has Edward Alonso in it. This is the diamond league <laughs> it's so good it's it's so good what if uh, i told you I we have that. another scooter song today we do i don't even think i saw that oh we can do it right now if you want uh i mean yeah I'll, i guess I'll, I'll look for it it's here. uh it's titled last race titled last race and we got it on april the 9th wow All do you right. see it there yeah mine is Yes, I do. So let's let's keep this rolling with Scooter. Hey there, gang. Pretty rough out there right now. So I thought I'd call in, sing a little tune, and brighten everybody's day. Since, among other things, I'm self-isolating right now. The boys are all at home, so this one's going to be Baba Pella. All right, remember to keep your chins up. Make sure you keep a mask over it. Here we go. Oh no, not Bekele versus Kipchoge. COVID took it away from me. So stay at home and wash your hands real good. So someday we can see the greatest field ever assembled. First thing to go was World Indoors. But usually it's just a bore. Tokyo Ren without the masses. That's better than nothing, I guess. Got worried when it was the Ivy League. 
Those nerds really know epidemiology. We're not supposed to touch our face or our eyes. But then some tall French dude went and touched everyone's mics. Oh no, not for Kerle versus Kipchoge. COVID took it away from me. So stay at home and wash your hands real good. So someday we can see the greatest field ever assembled. When I woke up, it was going down. Cancellations all around. The Big Ten played just last night. Even though Fred Hoiberg looked like he was going to die. An ache in my head, cause the president said it was only gonna last a little while. Still played a half at the Big East, but Kevin wasted a trip to Albuquerque. And Boston was gone, and London right behind. Have we run the last race of our lives? Oh no, not Bekele versus Kipchoge. Covid took it away from me. So stay at home and wash your hands real good. So someday Jason can go and see the Cuddy Sock. Doody doo bop. Skip through life. That one's gonna put a smile on their faces. <laughs> oh, it definitely did, Scooter. That was, you know, I don't know. I don't know if your Eddie Vedder is quite up to to Ray, which he said he should have contacted Ray to do that Eddie Vedder. Mm-hmm. But man, the lyrics were were pure gold. That was that was fantastic. You might have thought, hey, he's only gonna do one verse. Oh, okay, he's gonna nope, do two verses. <laughs> he's still going. <laughs> Oh man, oh. that was so enjoyable. This, that was that was really good. I might even find a way to if you hear it with actual music behind it. I added that in just because it deserves it because it's so good. This is the stupidest show, and I love it so much. <laughs> yep, <laughs> just a hundred percent. Just amazing. Um, okay, let's go to <laughs> let's go to Jack from Connecticut, now from Massachusetts. Drink. Um, I am two episodes behind due to lack of commute and Boston Marathon training. So apologies if this is a redundant answer. Best 800-meter hurdles. Hurdler is clear. Take someone who can run 48, 69 in the hurdles, 232 in 1,000, and 414 in a 1,500. Ash and Eaton. Ooh. That's true. Ash and Eaton would have been really good at this. Yeah. We forgot for a second when we were picking that event, at least I was. I'm like, oh, who's going to be good in the 800? Who's going to be good in the 1,500? Who's going to be whatever? But then you forgot like – Ashton Eaton doesn't slot into those normal things because he was so ridiculously good yeah, <laughs> at whatever he did. You have to always consider. You have to double check. Anytime a new event is proposed, you have to do what's known as the Eaton test. Yes. And you have to run the numbers and figure out, wait, could Ashton Eaton be good at that? Like if there was a, um, a 10K where people rolled trash cans at you, we'll call them gladiators. <laughs> like, Donkey yeah, like, like Donkey Kong. Like Donkey Kong. You'd be like, well, I think, I think Kipchoge would be the best, but I don't know, man. Let's see if Eaton could do that. Yeah, that's he's the safest bet because 
and and there's a chance you know he's not number one in that event but he's the safest bet for being like top five like where you just go yeah he's gonna figure out a way to be better than almost everybody else yeah we got one here from Chris, currently of Chicago, formerly of Mattoon, Illinois, home of the Green Wave. Multiple yeah, email and rabid fan of the show. Long overdue for sending in a transitive property victory breakdown, but I wanted to make sure I added my voice to what I hope is a chorus of people calling for a live show. I don't know if chorus is the right word, but there's some some random shouts from the street. Sounds like a t- I think you could have like five, six people in a chorus. Right? Okay. Okay. Yeah, that's right. He says, yeah. sounds like a lot of fun. Let's make it happen. Hashtag go live. Hashtag go or beat Orkney. Hashtag stay six feet away from Chief. So, yes. Almost impossible. To stay six feet away from Chief? Yeah. Yeah, because he's everywhere. Um, here's one from Alex, the former mediocre sprinter. Yeah. He wants to see the following events happen during either pandemic shutdown or, or after. You ready for these? Uh, absolutely. A virtual 40-yard dash. Everyone runs it once on a chosen day. You can run it anywhere on any surface you want. It has to be a flat surface. Non-track athletes would be allowed to get destroyed. He has that crossed out when he puts compete. <laughs> Two questions coming out of that. One, does a non-track athlete make any spot in the top 10? Two, what's Christian Coleman's final time and his margin of victory? Uh, a non-track athlete makes the top 10 if less than 10 track athletes yeah. compete. Correct. Um, Coleman, yeah. Uh, what did you run before? Like four oh nine or something? No, he was in the four. Was it four thirteen? He was above four ten because I was thinking now he could run it under under four ten. He could be the first one. He ran four one two. Uh, he runs four oh six, and he wins by two tenths over another sprinter, not a uh, football player. Two tenths or two one hundredths. Two ten. No one's. Going, no one else is going under four four two. Oh really? I think. I think somebody could. But, oh maybe. I don't know. Because then you're basically saying guess, those guys are slower. Because football haven't football guys gone four two? Wasn't that? I guess the the fastest ones go like high four twos. I could see. I could see like a really really good starter, like someone like Mike Rogers, going like four mm, four six yeah. four sixteen. Something, okay. Something like that. Uh, so he wins by point one five or something. Yeah. Yeah. He wins by. He wins. He wins by like a solid margin though, because he's such a good starter. And I think this is like, it's only 40 like he's, yards, I think though. he's drastically better than everybody else in this event. Yeah, but it's only forty yards, so he, sure. he can't win by he can't win by that much. I think I think a tenth would be huge. Um, but yeah, if you want to say he goes like four oh six, four oh seven, I could see someone going another track. I think going four seventeen for sure, for sure. Uh, a new format for sprint events and meets: a one fifty opening round, and then qualifying finalists will go on to run two hundred, one fifty, and one hundred against each other in a three-part final lowest combined time wins who would take this one right now my vote ramal guliev who is good at taking everything honorable mention would be noah lyles <laughs> the women's side is tougher i'm going to give it to our dean or dina asher smith not an actual diner similar <laughs> to the above except you remove rounds and just have a straight three-part hundred final winner has the lowest combined time would this enhance or detract from the popularity of the 100 meter dash what would your top three in the world would be? Women's picks, Fraser Price, Tolu, Dina, men's picks, Coleman, Gallon, Lyles. What events would it be cool to see run in skip the rounds, multiple final format? My top pick would be the men's 1500. Would there just be two annoying tactical rounds or would athletes really go for it on both days? Stay safe. That is Alex, the former mediocre sprinter. I mean, it'd be less popular, I think, because people want to just watch one race. Um, 
it's fun for a random thing. Yeah, I mean, the 200, 150, 100, I mean, Lyles would do so well in that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Guliev would find a way up there. So uh, is this, so he's saying separate days, basically? I think so. And then the 100, you know, the same thing, three straight, 100 parts. Yeah, I mean, you know, or if they're spread out by an hour mm-hmm. or have, you know, something like that, like that could, that could definitely change. I guess we don't know who's better in those kind of things. Um, but that would be, that'd be interesting. If they were spread out by a day, right. And you just take everybody, yeah. you take everybody, right. In the first round, it's a random draw, but everybody's going to go all out. Cause they're trying to get the lowest combined time. Yep. And then you seed them. So then round two, now it's basically like the best you can run the other people. That's fine. But everybody's paying attention to the a heat, right? Yeah, and then and then you do the same thing after the second heat, and then the third and final heat. Then you stagger them, right? You do it Stalwell Gift style, or mm. other reality racing type American Gladiator style, where you get the the head start, yeah. right? And that waves, you know, in the second round, someone could, if they could bump somebody from the A heat out, then they'd get in there for the third round, and then have a shot. Um, that would be entertaining. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I would watch it as a as a random thing, you know. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and I don't think he wants to make this the uh, you know Olympic final just as a random weird meet. Yeah, sign, sign me up. Yeah, extra racing though. People don't seem to like extra races. No, and I guess only in the championship races do you actually have the three rounds. Um, mm-hmm. So this would actually be like you know because that's the only time it wouldn't actually add more racing. It would just be like every round would count, mm-hmm. and that would that would be very interesting to see. Because uh, you might get like get a lot of records like in the first round yeah. or something like that. Like, but uh, yeah, I don't know. That's that's interesting. It'd be sort of like the decathlon where it's like, well, they got fourth, but they won. I mean, not as much, but <laughs> yeah, that, that's that's true. Which which does take away from it a little bit there. Yeah. Uh, let's go to Boston, Rob. He says answering two listener questions. One is about running memorabilia. He says, my most prized running memorabilia is a surprise gift I received in high school, a piece of a French fry carton with a personalized message from me signed by Lucas Verspikas. <laughs> One of my awesome. teammates approached him in the Nike cafeteria at the 2010 NXN meet and requested an autograph for me. Verspikas, of course, went on to defeat future best on the planet Edward Cheserich the next day. <laughs> People do not forget that. <laughs> Kicking off a spectacular senior year, which included being the first to win Nike and Footlocker cross Country Nationals in the same year, setting an indoor 5,000 record, later broken by Chez, setting an outdoor two-mile record at the pre Classic and becoming the first high scorer to break four since Webb. Unfortunately, he gave up distance training to train for the Olympic triathlon after only two races for Kevin's alma mater, then got in a terrible bike accident, which pretty much ended his career. Bummer. Definitely one of the all-time great busts. Uh, oh, I see what he did. So he answered both questions in there. Yeah, at the same, that, was, that was good. That was seamless. It was so seamless, you... We didn't realize what was happening. He should have titled uh, this like "How a Bike you Crash." George Young us. It was yeah. by the time we knew what was happening. It was late. Um, <laughs> she said, "How a bike crash and a French fry carton explain American distance <laughs> running or something like that." <laughs> no, Verzbikas was like ridiculous though. That was oh yeah. I mean, it was a big deal. And then he just didn't really want to run anymore, and then went to to triathlons. And um, I didn't. He competed after he got into the accident, right? I mean, I admittedly I don't follow triathlons, but. I thought he got back, got back with it, and then yeah, I, I don't even know one hundred percent for sure on that. Boston Rob also know better than us. Yeah, Boston Rob also sends along um, some video footage of a guy wiping out in the four hurdles. He says uh, probably poor content for the pod, but maybe you can do a reaction video segment in the live show. 
Um, mm, I, wa- so I haven't watched this yet because he talked about the live reaction, and so I, I decided to not watch it. Okay. Well, we, we might use that then. On Okay. So I'll, I'll still not watch it. Mm-hmm. Continue not watching is what I'm yes. saying to do. Yeah. Uh, man, we have so many here from Marshall. I don't know if that's where we go. Um, Isabel, formerly from Florida, but not from New York City, currently quarantined back in Florida with my parents and slowly losing sanity. Drink. First, well, you, you probably need to. First time writer, main time listener, just writing to say that House of Run Live Show is the content we need in these times to keep from going literally insane. Keep up the great pod. Uh, okay, so there's another one. Yeah, see? Chorus. Did you, did we talk about this? I don't remember. I do, t- I, and I don't say, I don't mean to sound like pretentious, but I do too many podcasts. I don't remember. <laughs> did we talk about the ideal age or at the ideal point in your life for you to be doing this? Like to, to be socially No, distancing? I don't think so. Okay. Then maybe I didn't actually talk to anybody about it. Like. <sighs> That's a good question. I, and yeah, I feel like 22 year old, my 22 year old self would have been a lot had a, had a much easier time with it um but everybody i guess at any point in your life you're gonna have like it's easy to look back and be like oh it would have been way easier during that time yeah i mean i would have settled for at least a time when my body worked better so i could go on long runs mm-hmm. um the walking's fine i'm i'm enjoying that all right but i i miss you know going for a real run mm-hmm. so if even if my body could cooperate with that i think that would help yeah but like, imagine if you were living with—I don't know if this would be better or worse—but I mean, you've had a time in your life when you're living with a bunch of friends, right? That's true. Yeah, Phoebe, Ross, etc. <laughs> right? Like, would that yeah, have, been have better? You know, or worse? Mitch and Larson and Allen and those guys. Yeah, so that would have been that would have been fun. Yeah. Or would you have just hated each other by the end? I don't know. Yeah, I, I've never had that issue, at least, and you know, maybe because I wasn't forced to stay in the house for for all day every day. But I did. That was not, you know. I know a lot of people say, "Hey, don't you know, live with your close friends and ruin friendships or whatever." I'd never really had that issue. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I don't know. Maybe that would have happened. Hard to say. Yeah. Here's one from John in Chicago. Your talk about yeah. DMRs and SMRs in the last podcast got me thinking about coming up with weird relays and I have one I want to throw out there. It does break a fundamental rule of relays by having a repeated runner and maybe someone has already had a similar idea but here it is. It starts off with a road 3k, something longer than a mile but not so long it's boring, followed by a 400 leg on the track and alternates road 3k, track 400, road 3k, etc. But the 3k's are always run by the same runner and the 400's are always different. So for example, <laughs> Houlihan, McLaughlin, Houlihan, Francis, Houlihan, Jonathan, Houlihan, Muhammad, that's gonna make Shelby run. Oh, poor Shelby. Twelve k. I don't have the overall distance down, but I think it could be a fairly long relay that also still stay relatively close, since the distance runners are effectively doing a workout, so they'll have to pace themselves, and the foreigners can only gain so much over each other. I'd be curious to see if slash when a distance runner decides to take a break away, and if the foreigners ever slow down a bit and sacrifice their lead to give the distance runners more rest. <clears throat> Okay, man. I feel like if you're doing this, you you want to pick like a marathoner or you know, I guess at least a 10k half marathoner person. So it would this this relay. It's it's too long. I don't like. I don't know why they would need to do it multiple times. I get the the strategy impact. It, it like import of it. Like that's kind of cool. Um, but it that just makes. I think the forms would be a moot point, right? Because yeah, if you're gonna go from the front, you'll go from the front in the 3k. And if you're gonna hang back, like you could make up that time pretty easily. But but. John did stumble on something great here because one of my favorite things 
as I've said on this podcast before, is in the Olympic marathon running into the stadium, which yes, they love that. They weren't going to do that in Tokyo. And I don't think they did that in, they didn't do that in Rio either. Right. But I don't think so. No, that was a break from years past. Um, actually even in London, did they do it? I don't, maybe they haven't done it in a while. I just love it. I think it's cool. Even, even if the stadium's not, it and not that, uh, not that crowded. So I like the idea of like a mile around the stadium or something, or however long it is the stadium. And then they like run through the tunnel <laughs> and they tag off to an 800 runner or 400 meter runner. Yeah, no, I do like that. I may, I even remember there was a, a race we did in high school, a cross country race that ended on a, like a half a lap of a track. Mm-hmm. Might've been, which one was it? The, Oh, basic at basic. It, it was, it wasn't a half lap. It was like, it was like a straightaway. I feel like you came up, and then you basically came up by like the hundred meter start, and then you finished yeah. on that straightaway. Yeah, yeah. It was it was good. I enjoyed that. Yeah. No, I it's th- just cool. Like to have like, and I mean, in the Olympics, obviously, when you have like a full stadium, and like you get that, you know, big fan. Especially if it happens to be close, then it's even more amazing. But well, I just like the idea of like the quiet. <laughs> oh man, like when they're underneath the tunnel or something like that, and then they just emerge into this. Uh, as as my kids are screaming in the background, jeez, that sounded way more dramatic than it needed to. Uh, you explode into this tunnel of sound like that. That's like kind of cool. Um, yeah. So hey, there's no such thing as a weird relay idea. Only weird people who like relays or something like that. I don't really know where that's going. With that. <laughs> I get behind that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Brian emailed for me from Raleigh, but not from Pennsylvania. Drink. He says definitely do a live show on last week's pod. You discussed if any male runner could set the world record for every female distance. You guys thought of Rudisha. Seb Coe would be another one. He reportedly ran 45-second mm. 4x4 split and has better credentials over 1,500 mile than Rudisha. Steve Ovette, the third best Steve, also had ridiculous <laughs> foot speed. He was a sprinter in his youth. Olympic gold at 800 and had better distance shops than Coe. Ovette ran a 65-minute half on a lark. He was a very solid 5,000-meter runner as well. So there you go. I mean, if you run 65, you could, you could get that. Uh, I think you'd get that 10K record too. Yeah, seems likely. Yeah. So maybe, yeah, maybe I think, that's the answer. Maybe that's what Steve Ovet, despite being the third best Steve, maybe he'd have been the first best <laughs> at at this at this obscure thing that he could do. Congrats, congrats to 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 to, to Steve Ovet there. Um, I mean, I still think. I mean, ten four running ten five hundred is still hard. It is as much as you downplay it. It's still really hard. I, so I think David Risha could could have run ten forty eight. Yeah. Have you ever done anything on a lark, Jason? I would do just about anything on a lark, I feel like. I'm trying to think of specific examples of larking. Um, <laughs> I know you're into LARPing. Live it's true. Avatar definitely lightning bolt. But lightning I don't bolt. know. Um, or live, live action role playing? Live action. I think that's what it is. Yeah, right? And it's, uh, I've seen the video that oh, I saw people about the lightning bolt, lightning bolt, uh, or firebolt, firebolt, or one of those. I've seen people do it in avatar costumes. That's why I thought it was live avatar role-playing, but I guess it's live action. Role-playing. <laughs> yeah. Multiple. I think multiple so. I mean, I guess meanings. maybe some people do a more specific version, you know? <laughs> no, they do. Yeah. It's like reenacting things. They do have like special. What? So when I ran uh, in college, we had a lot of meets at, at Willamette in Salem and yeah. you'd warm up in the park next to it. And on more than one occasion, there was people out there with like shields and fake swords doing things. Yeah, and it was like, oh no, yeah, that's it looked more. 
it looked more medieval than futuristic to me, but they were like going through specific moves and patterns and um so I yeah, it's 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 not uncommon. I mean, I guess it's uncommon. Like it was less popular than track, right? There are more people running right. five thousand than we're doing that. Well, and like like so I always thought like the uh that movie Paul read role models. Right, there, there's mm. the whole big uh, LARPing thing at the end there. The the thing where there's actual like battle and you can die or you know fake die and like you're trying to you know kill people with a fake sword and stuff like that. I, I could see myself having fun with that. That that could be have, be a good time. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if I could like um, casting fake spells wouldn't do as much for me, but the actual um, <laughs> you know fake sword play might. Um. So. Marshall writes in with one of his emails here. This one's about the the NCAA, and you know they granted the extra year of eligibility, although some schools, Jason, aren't going to honor it, right? Like Wisconsin said they're not going to for spring mm. sports. Um, yeah. And obviously, football is the big the big mover here. If if football this fall gets canceled, obviously that would mean that cross country's out, and then just the financial implications there. Um, so I'm going to jump to the bottom part of his email here, and he says... Um, let's see. Uh, I, I says I know this sounds dour, but I'm optimistic. Hopefully, there are some smart state school coaches who are scouring the transfer portal or looking for Division three athletes who grew up in their state or their parents live in the state where they can offer in-state tuition and partial scholarship to a talented, developed spring sport athlete who can step into a needed role on their team, potentially to score points at conference, qualify for NCAA's, or serve as the last piece to a team sport and winning conference championships. The other potential for spring track and field would be uh, to see a return to dual or quad meets. Because he's talking about how the, the travel budget could be drastically reduced, right? So fewer right. teams go into these big, huge meets. How great would it be to see Oregon, Stanford, Washington compete in a triangular meet, or Georgia, Florida, LSU, or Texas versus Baylor? When one door closes, another opens. And that is from Marshall, formerly from St. Louis, uh, from St. Louis, formerly of Iowa, still in Iowa. Um, Drink. Um. What do you what do you prefer like as a as a as a track and field fan, but not someone who's rapidly following like the collegiate scene? Would you prefer right. to see the collegiate in that that team setting where you're getting that sort of thing, or would you prefer like, hey, let's just kind of make it like a pro de facto pro circuit, and they're all going to go to the best meets, and they're all going to be all over the country spending a ton of money? Right. Um, I mean the 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 team race doesn't do a ton for me in track. Uh, the one exception is when the, it's close and the four by four is left, then it's fun because when one race, you know, decides that and it's already a team race and then you have the whole element of that outside of that, you know, when one team wins in track, it just doesn't, it's not a team sport, you know, it just isn't for me. Uh, so I'm not necessarily against, that doesn't mean I'm against dual meet, tri meet, quad meet, whatever. Um, those are, those are totally fine, but I don't think you're, you know, it's, it's not doing something for me to, uh see who wins between you know uh, texas baylor or something like that yeah yeah like given the choice would you watch a a two-hour quad meet between even if it's really good schools or would you would you be more likely to tune into something longer that has really really high interest stuff but also lower quality stuff like people like me running right uh, yeah, I mean, I'd be more likely to just tune in just for the, you know, the really high level runners. Like I, I could still see myself getting into like 
a lower level race, like if I was just flipping channels and happened to come across it, like I could still like, you know, racing can be interesting, even with people who aren't at the, you know, the absolute fastest in the world. But um, if you give me a choice between like world-class talent or not world-class talent, I'm pretty much going to take the world-class talent. That's why they call him world-class Jason folks. That's true. (laughs) That was his nickname growing up. That's, you know, that's, Uh, that's who I am. Marshall also has a list of pet peeves. Yeah. People who wear shorts over tights. I mean, Kevin's with you on that one for sure. People pre-COVID-19 who would run together but would both be wearing headphones if you're running together, talk to each other. Uh, Number three, I'm a morning person and most of my running occurs between 5.30 and 7. I'm also a friendly morning person pre-COVID-19 social distancing. And I always give people a cheery hello, good morning. People who ignore me don't respond, drive me nuts. And most conversations are as follows. Me, good morning. Other runners silence me or not in a passive-aggressive manner. <laughs> Four, running in the rain, particularly when it's below 40 degrees. Five, people that place padlocks on porta potties. Six, when running with a group of people. The guy who's five steps the group, not just one, two steps ahead of everybody, five step. What's the point of running with a group if you're going to, to run 10 feet ahead? The entire run, seven, shoe takes, eight, when your shoes come untied during a race or workout. There you go. I agree with most of these. Um, Ill-timed stoplights. I'll add that one. Ill-timed stoplights. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, the. I would say, I mean, if someone says good morning to me, I will absolutely respond good morning or hello or whatever. Um, I'll even just just give you the head nod, you know, like the smile and, and nod as you go by somebody. In the opposite direction. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I'm good. I'm good with that. Like just, just. But uh, but obviously, if someone says something to me, I'm gonna I'm gonna respond back because I'm a I'm a nice person. But yeah, yeah. I agree with basically all these. Let's go to. Well, Steve. What does Steve got to say? Steve, endorse it. Uh, love the podcast. It's called. Oh, he loves this piece of podcast. He's sending a podcast wreck. He's not saying he loves our podcast. Oh, okay. Uh, it's called Don't Tell Me the Score. Recommend it to you and the listeners. Most recent episode was with Adam Jamili, and I thought it may interest you. Interesting to hear his thoughts on staying true to himself and his competitiveness while being a nice guy. So it's called Don't Tell oh. Me the Score. I'll promote anything that happens in the UK. Um, yeah. Well, actually, most things. Some some other stuff. Ooh, a little strange. Um, let's go to yeah, – rolling through these. Here's a good one. This is from Kyle from Wisconsin, formerly from South Dakota drink i really appreciate the email last week from the former naia runner from iowa about questionable state records i'm a former back of the pack naia runner from south dakota tech that's a that's a cool name for a school south dakota tech i like it sdt like it almost seems like it's from like a movie like right yeah where you just grab <laughs> you either add state or you or tech and that's how you <laughs> that's how you get there it brought, exactly. it brought back memories from time, my time growing up in the Iowa neighbor of South Dakota, college home to NCAA pole vault champion, the Beat Mondo. Growing up, there were stories around an athlete from a local town in his state discus record. I know this is a track-only podcast. Not true. Always. It's not true. <laughs> but Just you've not probably NBA. heard of the famous George Amundsen, as he had three great years as an NFL running back. I'm asking a total of 194 yards with the Oilers and Eagles in 1973-1975. What you probably didn't know is that in 1979 at the South Dakota State track meet, as you said, for Nevada, South Dakota high school records can only be set at the state meet. By the way, it is state, not states for South Dakota. 
George unleashed a discus throw that was legal between the foul lines, but so far that it left the field, hit into a ditch, and flew up onto the road bordering the track uh, field. Other athletes there competing were watching from the road and had to dodge the discus as it skipped up past them. Luckily, no humans, cars, or animals were damaged or injured. As far as I know, no one was wearing the Magneto helmet either. <laughs> this created questions around trying to measure the throw given the field was not flat out that far. There are a few newspaper articles from that time, and later I looked up to refresh my memory. Those articles matched what I was told growing up. People in attendance believe he had several throws of 230 feet, which is only 7 feet behind the current Ryan Krauser high school record. However, he was given 211-4. They attempted to adjust for terrain, i.e. ditch, on one of the throws to give it official distance, which is still the South Dakota State high school record, and at the time would have been the American high school record. However, because of the ditch, it was never recognized officially. What's implied by the eyewitnesses is that the 230 was the legit flat equivalent of what he threw, and the 211-4 was much too conservative. But the story doesn't end there. On last week's show, you also discussed track memorabilia. In the late 70s, George was back in South Dakota for an AU track meet in my area. I was running, and at some point, my father and I came across his Iowa State sweat top left on the infield. I still remember my dad suggesting that we should pick it up and use it to create a conversation with the famous NFL star. There aren't many from South Dakota. <laughs> so we did, but never saw him. As a result, I still have the sweat top of the high school discus record holder from South Dakota, a record standing over 50 years. Not sure if that's a transitive property, but it's my version of memorabilia. <laughs> well, I do have an Edwin Moses autograph, too, so I guess I have two relative equivalent track stars memorabilia. Thanks for your show. Loving it every week, especially now. That is Kyle from Wisconsin, formerly South Dakota. That's good. And I like the mystery behind the record. Like, it's... The ditch, right? Yeah, like, that's good, because it's... Like, it's one of those things, generally, you know, when something happens 40 years ago, people just, you know, the story gets bigger and bigger, and, you know, it's like, it, there's like a famous thing about Mickey Mantle, like, if he hit the back wall of Yankee Stadium on a home run, and some people claim it's like, well, over mm-hmm. 500 feet, and it's like, you just don't know what the thing is, but I like yeah. that he still has the record regardless, um, but somewhere between 211 and 230, that's a big, it's a big gap. I feel like you gotta, you gotta mark it where it lands, and right? generally, that's the know. that's the case, right? Yeah. Yes. It's a good rule of thumb for like life, but I. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're but also, man, when you out throw the yeah, you out throw the the markings. That's I mean, that's that's pretty cool, right there. Like, I feel like you just gotta, you know, they, there should be some sort of plaque on that field, like you know where. Yeah. Well, that's where I feel like your coach or you need to know going into the competition and tell somebody, hey. Like I know you've only marked it this far, but in practice, but, I think I can guys, get it. Yeah. like and put like put at least a, a buffer on it. Because I mean, I'm guessing in practice he was probably if he's doing that in competition, was he throwing 200 in practice? Like right, just try to try to figure out a way. I guess you can't really fill the ditch unless you got like Leslie Nope there to help you fill that <laughs> figure that out. But it's a good point. Yeah, discus man. Uh, another one from Marshall. High school stars, yeah. not stars, not to pan out. Uh, the state of Iowa offers up Stephanie Jenks. She was 11 time state nine time Drake Relays champion in high school. She's, uh, or she won the state title in the 1500 all four years in high school. She also holds the 1500 and 3000 meter record and had zero competition in most of her races. 
She was an absolute, or she was a, also, I don't know why I added absolute there. She was a standout triathlete in high school, representing the U.S. on multiple world teams. Her freshman year was the year after Shelby Houlihan graduated. So the state of Iowa had an unprecedented run of eight years of high school success on the track. Expectations were very high for Stephanie potentially to exceed Shelby. She went to Cal where her coach was, drumroll please, Shayla Houlihan, older sister of Shelby. Wow. Um, but her career at Cal consisted of one cross-country race in 2018 and 2016. That's it. Did Shalaya intentionally or passive-aggressively end Stephanie's career? Conspiracy theory, maybe, but more likely, Jenks was just burnt out from all of her triathlon training in high school. She's now the coordinator of track and field operations at Drake, and I hope that one day she's able to find her way back to the sport in a competitive manner. So there you go. Yeah, I mean, that's a pretty pretty absurd, uh, you know, 1,500 all four years, 427 for the 15 in high school. Um, yeah. Yeah, 924 for the three. Like, she was, yeah, she was ridiculously good. Yeah, it, it can, I mean, the burnout, That's we know that's real. Here's one from Dylan. Hearing the story of the young man who ran a marathon on a whim between classes made me want to fill you guys in on my first marathon experience. This is actually a rather recent venture. As early into this quarantine, I became stir-crazy at my mind, uh, and my mind began plotting one Saturday night. Prior to this, I had done a few long bike rides into long runs, but never covered the marathon distance. I assumed I could, in fact, run it if I didn't place a three-hour ride in the indoor trainer in front of it. However, I still wanted it to be one of those more interesting exercise challenges I've tried. So I set out to do 42 kilometers with 26 push-ups every 159 seconds out on the trails, not too far from home. <laughs> Hopefully the structure of the workout makes sense. My fueling strategy was non-existent. I just set a monster hydro on the back of my truck to loop around and grab at mile 15-ish. I didn't really plan the route either. The approach was just start running and see if I survive. It was not an easy endeavor whatsoever as I wanted to quit multiple times throughout. I hadn't told anyone I was going to go out to do this so that it wouldn't have been any loss of face in calling it early, but I began playing mental games to get myself through each mile. While I think the push-ups added to the difficulty of the effort, I also I think it also aided me in that it was also a chance to quickly stretch the hamstrings and calves. All in all, I feel like this was one of the toughest workouts I've ever done, but I'm glad I can claim to be the one and only person who has ever done this. If anyone else would like to join the club, please do. It's free. This is insane. He sends his Strava. Everybody sends their Strava stuff to us now for for proof. I mean, I would I would believe them anyway. Uh, Ran three eighteen. Did he? I wonder if he stopped the watch when he. It seems like it because he says end up taking seventy rounds to finish three in three hours fifty two minutes eighteen hundred and twenty (laughs) pushups. That's that's absurd. How good a shape are you in man like i'm blown away by this this is this is ridiculous like i can do it you know at one point i was in decent shape in my life running and and working out wise but 26 push-ups every two minutes or every two and a half minutes <laughs> that wow I'm, I'm i'm very very impressed by this yeah i mean that's a lot that's like too much stopping i feel like like if you said 26 push-ups every 10 minutes like oh okay yeah, and even that, a like, lot of you'll, you'll, that'll that'll catch up to you. But man, every yeah. yeah, two and a half minutes, like you're just. He said he did a ninety mile, Oof. ninety minute bike ride before this to warm up to ninety minutes on the bike to warm up. So he's warmed up. So I don't know. Yeah, it makes it a lot Dylan easier Scott. to warm up. I'm impressed. Dylan says his elevation work, gain man. was twenty three hundred twenty three hundred feet as well. 
Yeah, it like broke Strava. It right. Was, yeah. I'm, I'm, it Strava broke my brain like, right sure? now. I've... Yeah. Uh, on the other side of the athletic spectrum, Marshall sent along the story of a guy from Dubuque, Iowa, who's a 227 marathoner who ran 100 mm. miles and ate 100 slices of pizza in one week. Oh. For charity. I mean, of course. Good for you, for sure, for, for raising the money. I, uh, 100 miles and 100 pe- slices of pizza in a week. So a 100-mile week yeah, is, is legit. Slices. I mean, that's that's a lot. Yeah, f- but, 14 a day and 14 a day. Well, he front-loaded the week with people 47 do this. slices of pizza <laughs> on Sunday and Monday. Yeah. I mean, I could... I hope I it's those real thin slices, but... I could definitely eat 100 pieces of pizza in a week. That would not be hard for me to do. I'm, oh, I'm ashamed it, to say. It depends. I guess it depends on the slice. Like, I mean, if we're talking like, you know, medium pizza, regular slices, that's like yeah. eight per. I mean, then you're, man, that's that's too many. <laughs> it's just too Pizza's many. good for almost, breakfast, though. Yeah. I mean, you could do it. I mean, oh, you, you would just hate pizza so much. And then to have to be running, you know, 14 miles a day on top of that but you could order different types of pizza since it's not you all can. in one sitting right each each day you could you could vary it up you could get a nice uh you know like a a light like margarita pizza one day you could get a um i don't know like a more just tr- like a traditional just simple like pepperoni you could do stuff with a, uh, a white sauce you could do stuff with pesto sauce i, yeah. I think it's doable the running the 100 miles is where i would have I'm looking at his Instagram story here. So he did Little Caesars Pizza to start off here. Um, Oh, okay. Never mind. Tough. That is tough. (laughs) And then uh, I don't know what this next one is. This is, oh, then he's got a a home like baked one that, you know, he put in the oven himself. Um, Maybe a Red Baron. Who knows? And then another looks like a home one. Um, Yeah, these, a lot of these look, uh, oh, this is uh, Golden Wolf's. So that must be a local spot, um, but a lot of a lot of like homemade, you know, freezer pizzas, Shot Tower Inn chicken pizza. Oh my god, this one looks heavy. Um, yeah, okay, I'm impressed. I mean, that's not it's not quite to the level of the last workout because I don't know how that's humanly possible what the last person did, but this one's still mm-hmm. way up there. <laughs> yeah, like again, I I would have a much easier time doing this than the beer thing or donuts or anything like that um yeah i like I mean, front loading with man. 47 pieces though that's just like is <laughs> that way just to like do it you are in the mood for pizza you well because you're like in the mood for it right i'm gonna capitalize yeah. on my pizza eating right now um i'm impressed right, here's some tights over shorts here's a tights over shorts uh, defense okay from jonathan ready yeah i spent my entire life my entire running life, excuse me, 15 years in the Northeast. And after two weeks of slander directed toward the tights over shorts look, I could wait no longer. I must weigh in. While running in shorts every day is the obvious goal, it is not always meteorologically appropriate. My general rule of thumb, 50 degrees or above, shorts 35 to 50, half tights 35 or below, full tights over shorts. That's right, tights over shorts. Allow me to explain. When I first began wearing tights as a young runner, I wore shorts over the tights. I quickly realized this was completely stupid. <laughs> as not Steve noted last week, this is a total dweeb move similar to high schoolers who refuse to wear short shorts. Embrace the tights. 
Where I differ with Not Steve is why I choose to wear shorts under tights. It has nothing to do with giving myself the flexibility to shed the tights mid-run or before a race. It's all about comfort. I like running with a liner so my junk stays in place and doesn't chafe, which was an issue when I wore solely tights. Hence the decision to wear running shorts under tights. And for the record, I don't wear shorts under half tights. For whatever reason, I don't seem to chafe in half tights. I think my tights are tighter than my half tights, so it's not really an issue. Sorry if this is TMI. I, I just... I, I mean, people need to get proper underwear, right? Or proper. I mean, that's support. That's like, essential. That's the um, lesson here. Yeah. I mean, that's that's important. Uh, you know, at the same time, though, I guess yeah, do your thing, man. Whatever works for you. I mean, everyone who's writing in is more of a runner than I am at this point in my life, and it's not even close. Uh, so you know what? Yeah, do your thing. I think it's weird, but I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna judge. Shorts. I just. Yeah. I mean, I guess if he's saying. His tights are tighter than his half tights, so that way right. it. I just I I I mean I, I feel like there's a uh, if this is more co- this apparently is more common than I thought because we have a small uh, sample size here and we have several people saying that they do this. I think that there's a product opportunity for someone to come up with this because it can't be. It might be more comfortable than the alternative of like really bad chafing. But it's not the best. Like, like putting a pair of shorts, something that's supposed to stand alone under another piece of clothing that's really supposed to be skin tight to your body, is not the way it's supposed to work. So I think it doesn't seem comfortable makes, that way. But yeah, yeah, they need to come up with some sort of way to alleviate Jonathan's problem that he's articulated here in his TMI fashion. I just, it doesn't seem it, Jason. There has to be a better way, is what I'm saying. It's, I mean, this is the start to the infomercial. Is you really, it's it's yeah. got to be a better way. And then Kevin Sully's running S- pants. Stepping into the shark tank. <laughs> I'm going to get uh, $400,000 for 1% in the company. Yeah. Deal. I want to hear Lori's um, offer. Uh, now we're going from a Jonathan to a John here. Okay. Long-time listener, first-time emailer. From Barnett or Barnet in North London. Oh, pronounced North London. <laughs> Love it. That's awesome that he put that. England, North London. First of all, thank you both and everyone who emails in for the many hours of great company during multiple marathon training cycles over the years. It's the best running pod out there by a mile on a Wednesday. House of Run runs are always the most enjoyable. Also, I think the live show would be a great idea. would love to join in for that. I'm sure everyone agrees. hope it can happen soon. I have a story about being dragged into a battle of egos with a six foot four inch man beast dressed in a jester suit at the 2016 <laughs> Sydney Marathon that I want to share with you all, but I'll save that one for next time as it's a very long story. Today, I want to write in and mention uh, an initiative my buddy Miles Edwards has created to support families in Kenya during the COVID 19 crisis. Miles is the co founder of the Gathimba Edwards Foundation, which does amazing work supporting underprivileged children and their families in Kenya. He's a former Scottish 1500 meter champ and top lad. He's a top lad. Top lad. Jason. One day I want to be called the top he'll lad. Be a great, he'll be a great guest on the House of Run if you guys start interviewing guests during this period. It's, again, it's a lot of work here, John. It's a lot of work. <laughs> uh, have him call in on the live show. I think that all the guests are going to be at the live show. Uh, his, uh, his partner, Gideon Kathimba, is an elite pacer and tremendous athlete in his own right. Their foundation is running a global virtual 5K to help Kenyan kids and families who need support in this time. The 5K is conducted individually in line with social distancing guidelines and uploaded to a leaderboard, which will contain some elite athletes who will be joining the cause too. 
you also receive a medal that I designed, which I have attached. So at least we can get some race bling this year. Thought you guys might be interested in joining in, as may some of the listeners. And we could work at a House of Run leaderboard after the race to have some friendly competition too. I'm sure Chief will reign supreme at the top of the charts. <laughs> totally no pressure to join. It's really not your thing, but anyone who's interested, then here's the website link with more information on how to join. Or if you can go to the link on my Instagram and get it from there. Uh, race window is between the 17th and 20th of April. Oh, so, so this coming weekend. Oof. So it's uh, gathimbaedwardsfoundation.org. So it's G-A-T-H-I-M-B-A edwardsfoundation.org slash globe run. There's a lot of these virtual runs out there. Uh, and a lot of them are going for good causes. So Yeah. I mean, we could throw this in the show notes. Have at it. Yeah, just stay uh, stay away from other people when you do it, but go for it. Yeah, it's right? a great yeah. idea, and I yeah appreciate him letting us know because I yeah I mean I you know I can't race for anything anymore, but uh, I, I think it's really walks. cool. I, uh, yeah, I will totally just you know I got to figure out how to move do my this. hips in the way to you know those uh, race walkers do. Chief won't do this probably because Chief is scared of doing this so i think Ooh, that's why he doesn't live in the, the virtual gauntlet. world he lives in the real world no <laughs> not chief's gonna run this in like this is states. at this time i'm assuming it's got to be very difficult for chief right he is an extrovert he's a man of the people yeah oh he absolutely. knows literally everyone yeah yeah he's probably volunteering uh, at, like, okay all sorts of places so he can still interact and you know it's good <laughs> that's true um Oh, we got a voicemail from. Oh, he's calling me out about voicemail. Here, let's play Chief's voicemail here. Before oh, we okay. Can. Before we go any farther, yeah, yeah. What up, boys? This is Chief from Illinois, now Indianapolis. Drink your milk, Braylon. I'm pulling a Julian here on you, Sully. <laughs> Sully, I'm pissed. <laughs> you told you told Jason not to play my voicemail. Come on, brother. Come on, man. Maybe I, maybe I have some good stuff to say in there besides just do a live show. I don't even remember what I said. But uh, you've been skipping my voicemails lately, so I'm calling you out on that. What's up with that? With that, peace, voice. Uh, you're, wasn't We played one and then at the other. Because I can read the transcript. We'd already talked about it, I think. Is that why? I, I can't I'm remember. Sure. Uh, Julian, uh, Julian, that's the chief. I'm a mere pawn in this. Kevin tells me what to do, and I just I have to listen because he's he's in charge. That's he's not, the podcast king. He's got not. three podcasts that you know about. He's six other ones that he uses a different name on. So you you can't even you can't mess with this guy. I'm trying to find it, but on I can't like. It's yeah. been so many emails the last. Call into uh, live. Call into. Yeah, it's we have a good problem to have here. Call into the live show, chief. Call into the live show. You're at home. Let's 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 make it happen. We can air this out on the air. Um, a couple more here. Jeez, we have one, two, three, four, five, five to go. Can we can we fit in five, Jason? Absolutely. Okay. I'm in. Uh, this is from Joe in the UK. You ready? Absolutely. This email. I, I always say you're ready just UK. to buy myself time. I, I always, I always love a UK email. listener, you know, writing in. <sighs> love the podcast. Thanks for putting the effort in to produce it every week. Been listening for over three years, but finally got around to email you guys. I normally listen while out on a run, 
forget any useful and or witty thoughts. So this email is a bit of a mismatch of things I've been meaning to send. 2020 is pretty much a complete write-off. Although every major is now scheduled for autumn, I remain pretty pessimistic that they will go ahead. I find myself entered in both Berlin and London, so I'm personally hoping they get to go ahead and have the same dilemma to choose between them as Iliud and Kenanise. Can you guys fill me in with more optimism that they will happen? I I can't. I'm sorry. I don't. I don't want to get people's I'm, hopes up. I'm hoping. I'm with you. I'll just 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 hope along with you. Yeah. At least 2022 is now set up to be a pretty awesome year for athletics, particularly as a Brit. I didn't initially put much effort into the how many steps to beat a world record holder due to the fact that I'd be Andrew uh, Erskine, the fourth or so name on the first list read out at the Houston Marathon in 2019. I actually ran with him to just pass halfway. They managed to put a pretty strong second half together. However, another Rosetta Stone type race for both men and women is a 2018 Boston 10K. I had a decent race that day and managed 25th. However, the interest lies further down where you will find Deslin and Meb Flesby. Flezzy, 171st and 193rd. Whew. This race was following Des's win in 2018, where despite being there to promote uh, the event, her competitive nature meant she just had to outkick Meb in the final 2K. <laughs> I remember chatting to Meb on the start line where he asked whether the Vaporfly 4% on my feet were any good. Hopefully this information <laughs> helps others beat some more record holders. Uh, keep up the great work. It's been good to to think about unimportant things during this time. P.S. Kevin, you may be interested in the mighty. If you have a premium Spotify account, then you can easily sync music and podcasts. What is this? Is this some sort of way to listen to things? The mighty audio freedom from the phone. Oh, interesting. Uh, he had a second email here. He said, I sent that without mentioning the most important part. We have actually had some form of competition in the UK these past few days. Um, every year they have a 12 stage for men and six stage for women national road relay, similar to the Ekiden in Japan without all the funding they are normally held in Sutton park in Birmingham where the race is made up of six short legs. Uh, this year they're obviously canceled, but a virtual version of the event has been organized. GB runners such as Mark Scott have participated. What's interesting is that you can see each person's entries via the attached links in the individual results. Forget shoe talk. Now all controversy revolves around how inaccurate GPS watches can be, particularly <laughs> on small loops, tailwinds on point to point routes, and the drop in elevation between start and finish. Time penalties are applied to those uh, greater than 30 feet. Results are yet to be finalized as I type this, but hopefully you can announce the winners on your show and bring your own takes on the only competition that we may have in 2020. <laughs> it's good people find things to fight about, too, regardless. That makes me feel good. Yeah, I think that's important that we all still fight about things. Um, I'm trying to click on their team results. My phone is not loading them for some reason. Yeah. I don't know why. We'll send uh, them along I, when we... Yeah, I, yeah I, I can't seem to... My phone will not will not cooperate. But yeah, we'll, uh, we can always any uh, virtual next week. Yeah, any virtual race highlights or weird things that happen, send them our way. For sure. Please. That goes, Something that to, goes talk about. To, to anybody. Yeah, for sure. Uh... We have an email here from MDDB, formerly from Sacramento, now from L.A., but currently quarantined back in Sacramento. Drink. I'm a one-year listener, first-time emailer. What's crazy to me is that I can listen for over a year, yet I'm nowhere near considered a long-time listener on this show. And let me tell you, I'm tired of being on the outside for some of these jokes. Currently a Division One track athlete, but have only recently gotten more interested in closely following the professional scene. I've always been too embarrassed to ask for explanations and figured you wouldn't have time anyway. Well, looks like I might be doing you a favor by giving you some content, so please 
help us more recent listeners understand these questions. Feel free to rapid fire answer to whatever ones you want to or fill up as time is needed. Ready for these, Jason? Yes, absolutely. These This happens every couple of years, which I'm to- totally fine with refreshing because hopefully we get new listeners every couple of years. It's almost like every year now, it seems like, but yeah. I'm not fine with it. I feel like you should, you should figure it out on your own. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> come on. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, and he's from Sacramento where my uh, in-laws live. So I'm in Sacramento. Well, before this happened, I was in Sacramento all the time. And I That's lived true. in LA yeah. for 10 years. So I will do him a solid here. What's the origin of the state versus states debate? I'm team state, by the way. Well, of course, because you're from California. So you're smart. Uh, you understand this. I don't know. I think I we just... started talking about it one time. And then the thing about it is it's obvious to everybody that they are 100% right because that's how yes. they grew up hearing it. And it just sounds right to them. So It's it's a hot dog sandwich type thing where no, overall. No, it's way more it's... important than that. Well, yeah, that's, I agree. I mean, I agree. There's compared to this, there's there's no importance either way. It doesn't affect our lives in any way, but it's just one of those things. Yeah, when you just go, no, it's obvious what the right answer is, and other people have obvious that it's the other side, and no one will ever win. Um, but I, we are we are state people. Uh, I, yeah, I can't remember exactly how it started, but it just uh, it's one of those one of those things. What's up with the obsession with Jessica Ennis in the outro? This is Ortis Delay related. Um, he Google was yes google ortis delay d-e-l-e-y O-R-T-I- i believe t-i yeah o-r-t-i-s-d-e-l-e-y yeah 2011 and, daegu world championships yes and so he was like a, a, a broadcaster for that and he did a a very hilarious job trying to do this and at one point at the end of one of the interviews he, I mean, he, he fumbled a bunch, and we thought it was one of the most hilarious things we've ever seen. And at one point, he just stopped mid-sentence and said, Jessica Ennis, good night. And it was enough for me to go, that's how we're ending every show from now on. Yeah. And when she retired, didn't, or last, in her last season, someone actually got her to say it. Yes. It was a bigger deal in Britain because, like, Ortis DeLay was a presenter. Yeah, he just he wasn't a track like and field guy. Show. Yeah, no, it would be like if some known person on ABC or CBS or NBC or ESPN or whatever was like, "Hey, do track, right?" And then like if Mario Lopez like was doing the World Championships, that was kind of my impression. Although I don't know if Orson was in a awesome teen uh, comedy show, but like, hey, here's this random person, go do it, and then they just screwed up all the time, and then they made super cuts of all the weird things they said. Uh, who the heck is the Braylon kid? How much milk is he drinking? <laughs> Braylon, the world's, well, formerly the world's coolest nine-year-old is now currently, I think the world's best golfer under the age yes. of uh, 13, 12, however old he is now. Um, he's awesome. Uh, if you come out to the Olympic trials, whenever those happen again. Yeah. Uh, we met him at the Olympic trials. show up to one of the group mom. runs. And uh, he mm-hmm. was just super cool. And he ran with us and he, you know, him and his mom listened to the show together. He was very excited to meet us. We were more excited to meet him. And uh, <laughs> since then, he's been getting shouts out. And since the drinking game, which is his next question, someone came up with the House of Rule, House Run Rules drinking game, which is when you say you're from one place and then you move to another, which I think Brian was the first guy to really do that, and it started catching on. Um, <laughs> then yeah. you, you have to drink. And so 
chief, um, knowing that Braylon was underage, was telling him to drink his milk instead of to drink alcohol. Yes, correct. Uh, what were you guys' PRs in high school? I mean, Jason beat Bekele. I mean, does it really matter what the PRs <laughs> were in high school at this point? <laughs> uh, as, a, as a miler, I was a 436, I believe. Um, mm-hmm. That was my main, Two, my main uh, get, four Four by eight gets you a two flat. Jason could get you a reliable two flat. Yeah, I, I, mean, I probably broke Didn't two you? once or twice, but nothing, nothing. I wasn't great at eight hundred. I was a mediocre. You know, I wasn't. I wasn't that great. Your best uh, thirty-two hundred was ten oh five. Ten ten on my watch, but I think it went written down as a ten eleven. So you okay. know, we'll leave it there. Yeah, uh, that's, uh, which was a big deal. At our, you got to understand. You got to understand, MD. Uh, that was a big deal at our school. <laughs> Yeah, we weren't. Yeah, like I said, we our school was not very. <laughs> we broke school records because our school was only four years old, um, but uh, we were we were pretty proud of it at the time. Yeah, uh, who got beat by a zebra? That was uh, that was Sean Crawford. Yep. Yeah, you can you can Google that clip too. Yes. So just Google Sean Crawford zebra, and uh, you know it was just one of those sprinters versus animals type things that you know we all love, and it was enjoyable. And Sean Crawford had one of the all-time great qu- quotes afterwards of just "What can I say? I got beat by a zebra," which is all you can really say after you get beat by a zebra. I think sometimes you got to tip your tip your cap to the zebra. Yeah, man versus beast. If you type in man versus beast, you also see him run against the giraffe. Remember the giraffe? The giraffe. Yeah, that was... runs off the cord. Giraffe had a hard, hard hard day at the track that day um he says ps a live zoom would be awesome would love to see a guest appearance from the great chief himself uh that is from mddb wash your hands braylon uh yeah i would love to see chief show up too but now i mean chief's uh chief's too busy coming at me about voicemails so i don't know we got to get him (laughs) focused and 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 pointed in the right direction here uh we have another one of a similar reflective nature here from jeremy Okay. From Montana, formerly from Wyoming. Drink. He says, there's a few questions I have for you guys that I've been curious about and seems now seems like as good a time as ever to ask. One, how did you guys initially get into running? Was it a parent or coach that pushed you or was it your own interest? Uh, for me, I ran fast in the mile freshman year uh, in PE. And the PE coach was the cross country coach. Four oh seven, yes. And uh, no, but the P, you know, I was just okay. I was always kind of fast, like just compared to you know regular people. And so he said, "Hey, you should come out for cross country." And I said, "Sure, why not? I'm a child." And I ran the first practice in basketball shoes, and that was a mistake. And I ended up running like seven miles because I took the wrong, went with the wrong group, and uh, you know, made a lot of good friends, and it really enjoyed running. So I stuck with it. My my dad ran quite a bit. They didn't push me to get in, but and your older siblings, just seeing too. him run, and the, yes, older siblings. So they pro- they probably ran, you know, because of that. We, I did competitive swimming growing up, like year round competitive swimming. Um, from when I was like seven to like eleven, um, and my brother and sister were doing it at the same time. So when they were doing it, they were they were much older, so they were doing serious stuff. Like my brother was working out before school and high school like he would get in his car at like 4 30 in the morning drive and like work out and then go to, go to school um and then i i got burnt out of that at at 10 or 11 or whatever and then 
tried my hand at basketball. That for some reason just didn't work out. I don't know what <laughs> didn't didn't know what happened. But then, I mean, my, my my sister was three years in front of me. So when she was a freshman, I was in sixth grade, and my brother was I think my brother was a senior that year. Um, but she was the best athlete of the group by far, and she was really good as a freshman. She was like all state. Uh, and that was awesome to watch. I'd go to all like her meets and stuff. And I got like really into cross country. Um, I started doing a podcast back in 1999. Um, <laughs> people didn't understand what I was doing. <laughs> no. Uh, yeah, it was just like, I got like super into it. So then I actually started, I had zero talent, but like I started in eighth grade, just going on little like three mile runs, which I think gave me a little bit of an idea of what it was going to be like, because you know how it was in high school. It's like when people came out for cross country, it was this weird, like rude awakening of like, even though it was a very, it's the most basic sport. Like no one's ever done that sort of exercise before. Yeah. So they're like, wait a minute. Oh, we're doing hill repeats or we're doing intervals. Like they just, all the different facets that, that went into it, even though it was just running, it took people a while to adjust. And the people you thought would be good because you know, your friends in middle school who were good at this, that, and the other weren't necessarily the best, um, at, at running. So that gave me a little bit of just like knowing what it was like, but it wasn't until like much later in high school when I got anywhere near decent. Um, two, you ready for question two? Yeah. Let's keep this going. What, what went into the decision-making when deciding what to do with your running careers post high school? Kevin, what made you decide mm-hmm. to run for the club team at U of O? And did you consider running other places as well? Jason, what made you ultimately decide not to run in college? Man, he's just coming at you for all. It's a good question. No, it's, it's a good, it's a good point. I, I thought about it and like, I kind of like in respect, I wish I would have pursued it more. Um, you know, like I really said, we weren't, you know, crazy next level um, where I was getting offers from all sorts of places, even though I got a letter from Brown that Kevin <laughs> found hilarious at the time. Um, and still find still hilarious do. now. It's, it's, it's still fantastic. Um, yeah. I, I, part of me goes like, Hey, I wish I would have gone to U of O with Kevin. Like just as like, I mean, obviously I wouldn't have run for U of O. I was, I was moderately talented and just maybe starting to like scratch the surface of my potential. But I also don't think I w- ever would have actually competed for like the school. Like I was no- nowhere near that level. Um, but it would have been interesting to kind of see what I could have done. Cause you, I mean, you ran uh, some, some pretty impressive times after the fact. Not near what I thought I could do. Like, I thought for some reason I would go to college and just being in college and being in Oregon that by osmosis I would get a lot faster. And I trained with faster people and I trained harder. But in retrospect, maybe I didn't – maybe I could have gone even farther. It was – for someone who wasn't serious, like for someone who wasn't running serious times, I was training as bad as serious as you could. So it was hard to be like, hey – Commit commit to this even more, but uh, I went to Oregon because, it, it, like, I wanted to go out of state. I wanted to go to a place that had good running that like, wasn't in the desert. And academically, I wanted something that had programs that I had. And Oregon had a journalism school that had a brochure, so I was like, <laughs> "Cool." It, it just it was it was kind of like a what I realized after I got there, um, and it's. I mean, I think everything obviously worked out fine, but it was a compromise choice for everything, which I would 
if there's any high schoolers out there listening, <laughs> I don't know if that's the best way to approach it. it. It might be better. And I'm not saying put all your eggs in one basket, like go to a school where you can do this one thing. And if that doesn't work out, everything's bad, but try as best you can to figure out what it is, uh, you like, and you'll be interested in where you'll be successful and, and go down that path. Cause what I did, I kind of like hit the middle. So I was like getting a, exposed to a little bit of everything and not enough of any one thing. Mm. So yeah, like, for example, running. Yeah, we, we could have, and I think we talked about this like a year or two later, when we're still in college, we're like, wait, why didn't we just like go to some like division? Because our coach was telling us, hey, like, there's a lot of good division twos and division threes, and we're like, whatever, man. Like, that's <laughs> like we never even thought about that. Because I was like, oh, if I wanted to run, like, competitively, like, why didn't I go to a, like a, a much smaller school? Or if I wanted to go to like really, really focus on journalism, like maybe I should have applied to some of these top flight journalism schools. Or if I wanted to just. uh like not, you know, why didn't I go to Arizona state and just drink all the time? I don't like, I didn't actually think of that <laughs> right. one, but it, it was like, it was like, you kind of pick, I kind of like put my, uh, threw a dart in the middle of the board. And that was what, what hit. Now, that being said, some cool things happened when I was at Oregon that paved the way, which is Tom Heinen and the women's coach since 1975 retired, uh, after my freshman year and became the club coach. So then our club was good and we got to run against good people. And I, met and trained with super fast people. So I don't think I would have been any, like I could have been marginally faster, but it's not like, Oh man, if I went to Willamette and got my butt kicked by like Nick Simmons every day, I would have been running 14 minutes in the 5k, right? Like your talent is your talent. Um, I think the problem is like both you and I thought like the way we thought about running then and stuff was just like, it was more like in the format of like basketball and football of like, well, if you don't get recruited, you're not very good. <laughs> yeah. Move on. Like we didn't think like we didn't think like, oh, you can just like maybe go to a school and like walk on or like reach out to coaching coaches and, and, and talk to them and try to find like a place that's right for you. So and I, that's probably easier nowadays just because everything is online. Um, not that there weren't websites back then, but it was <laughs> it was much less common. Like you didn't you to see the university you had to like get on a plane or, or go drive there you weren't able to like you weren't seeing all these videos from races and you weren't following people on the team and seeing their their instagram stories that just wasn't happening back then right so i should have gone to brown is what i'm just gonna settle with well <laughs> no. i mean i i, I honestly no think the, the d2 thing would have been actually really cool i think but yeah but then i, th- I could also see a scenario where we're there for like one or two years because i remember we had some friends who went to a uh, community college to compete in track. And then after a year, they're like, why am I doing this? Like, yeah, I could be going to like a better, like I could do, be doing something that's more in line with my academic interests. Like I'm just, I'm doing this just to, to continue running. Like that seems, like, I had you have no to idea do what it just my academic still really interests were, was probably my, one of my biggest things too. So yeah. Yeah. I mean, like I always wanted to go growing up, I always wanted to go to college in California. I thought that was super, like really cool. Um, somewhere by the beach, and then like I saw like how much it cost, and then I thought, yes. okay, that's not. <laughs> but like going to UC Santa Barbara, like if UC Santa Barbara, and, and they wouldn't have done this because I wasn't fast enough. But if they had been like, we are offering you a seventy-five dollar running scholarship, I would have like <laughs> gone. Like I would have like left. like all I needed was like one person to be like, okay, I'll go gauchos. I'll go there. But 
Yeah, like I got, you know, I got the chance because I kind of spread myself out. Like I got a good mixture of of experiences, but in the beginning it was very rough and it took some not very rough. It was it was it was a difficult adjustment and then I got and I had some things break my way to where like I got to to run with cool people and I got to race on Hayward Field and got last by Galen Rupp. I mean, that's kind of cool, right? Yeah. Not no, we had, we that. had we had many uh good talks too, you know, over the over that course too, which was which was good. Uh, he says, how long did it take you guys to become friends in high school? Kevin, when you had the idea for the pod, what made you decide Jason was a perfect partner in crime? Uh, so I moved to Las Vegas half, uh, between my sophomore and junior year of high school. Um, and we started like training and relatively quickly, I'd say we probably, we were like better, like friends by like, like we were friendly for a little while and then we became friends like, but not, not too long after that. Right. I mean. I still remember the first run you came to. We were running down, well, a lot of our runs left from Hills Park, and then we were yeah. going down Hill Point. And uh, you're wearing in basketball shorts and, and a white undershirt, as you wore every Sounds single time. Right. I yep. was very competitive. Well, I was at the stage, <clears throat> I was at the stage in my career, my running career, when I was more concerned about my place on the team than I was in the team's success. So I didn't think like, oh, this guy can help us. I'm like, oh man, this guy might be able to like beat me. So initially, <laughs> I think I was probably too competitive but it didn't take long i remember one workout right early in the beginning you started pushing it towards the end and i grabbed the back of your shirt and i said no racing and workouts freshman <laughs> and you're like i'm a junior <laughs> that didn't happen no that didn't but we yeah we started talking with you know had similar goofy sense of humor um that hasn't changed too much since then um so yeah we we, we became like you know friendly pretty quickly and then um i'd say we became very good friends probably by like late like track season junior year um we started you know like either hanging out more and then like you we started training together a ton um in the off season and stuff like that and that's like when we came even even closer i think yeah high we went to a high school that was like very very clicky i mean it was new but it was very very clicky and i feel like people were just kind of stuck in in their different social groups so it took a while for me to be like oh yeah i'm like like my primary identity is like I did like in in school was like I'm a distance runner on the track team and all the distance runner people are like super cool and we're all friends like why are we not just hanging out more and I think that was that was something I, I wish I recognized and acknowledged sooner um, but high school is a difficult time yeah I didn't, and it was I for didn't you it must have been tough because you're coming yeah. from a new school yeah yeah so yeah. most of my friends were were cross country runners at that point because I didn't know a lot of people. Yeah, yeah. I can't imagine switching schools midway through high school. That had to have been that had to have been difficult. It was a little tough, but then you know, like playing sports definitely helped because immediately you're kind of a part of something, and that like uh, makes yeah. the uh, the transition much easier. Yeah, I mean that's the stuff I remember more than like all the stuff on the team. I don't really remember any other social interactions outside right. of that, but. Uh, oh, uh, when I had the idea for the pod, what made you decide Jason was a perfect partner in crime? Um, so this was back in 2010, which is 10 years ago now. It's crazy to think it's been that long. Yeah. I don't like. He called the other five in our starting seven, but then he got to me. Yeah. (laughs) I was like, what up JD? Uh, (laughs) no, I mean, I definitely had a list and I started going to, no, I just, uh, I mean, I. He he ran. I knew he wasn't following running currently, so I knew that would 
take a little bit, but he was obviously very passionate about sports because we would talk about other sports all the time. Keep in mind, 20, like we would still call each other on the phone back then. Right. It wasn't like texting wasn't nearly, nearly as like in like after college, after we graduated in 06, right. Like we would call each other on the phone because it's not like you were just like sending a million texts and you weren't doing FaceTime with people. So we actually called and, and stayed in touch. And I just like talking to him. And I thought people would be interested in us talking together. Uh, and I thought he'd say yes. Like I thought he'd agree <laughs> to do it because he does not uh, – he's willing to give everything a try. So That is true. He called me and I remember specifically talking about it and him saying it. And I was like, wow, I basically watch track during the Olympics and maybe like a – maybe a you know little clips of world championships or something but like i yeah i was not following week to week by any means um so i was very nervous about it and wasn't sure if i should do it but i was like yeah i'll give it a shot and i remember the first i mean for people who have listened to the first uh year of the show i was i mean i I prepared like crazy because i was did not know very much but i also probably sounded like i knew nothing because it was mainly true and what we didn't know at the time and what didn't go into my thinking, but revisionist history, I can add it in there is something you've always said. It's like podcasts are about the, it's not as much about the subject matters as about the conversation with the hosts and the environment that it creates with the listeners. So yes. it's not about mem- memorizing every stat or having everything perfect. And you don't do a show for every day or every week for 10 years, only missing three episodes. <laughs> because there's some rigid schedule or because of hardened professionalism, you do it because you have fun doing it. And the reason you have fun doing it is because you like the person you're doing it with, I think. No, hundred percent. Yeah. I think that's, I mean, you get people to listen maybe because of the subject matter, but then the only reason they're going to stay listen. I mean, there's other running podcasts. There's, uh, you know, a million basketball podcasts. I listen to a couple that I do because I actually like the people who are doing them. Like it's, but if you don't like the people, it doesn't matter if they're talking about your favorite things. You go, I hate this so much. It's, this is, this is awful. Yeah, it's about the friends you make along the way. Yeah. <laughs> One last question, and we'll end it here because this has been a hundred minutes. Somehow. Yes. We didn't get we didn't get to the entire email lot. Well, I'd have to add add the extras on next week. Uh, one last question: At what point do you consider your, the cutoff from long time and medium time listener? I've been listening since the fall of 2015. First episode I ever heard was the first after Jason's back surgery, and I've wondered if that's long or medium time. Mm. Hopefully this provides at least a few minutes of content for you guys in this new track to Prave world. Everyone stay safe and healthy. Peace out, Girl Scouts. I'll let you put down the markers here. I don't even know when this started, this whole long time, medium time thing. Yeah. No, you know what? I'm going to make them up right now. Uh, if you listen to less than 100 episodes, you're a new listener. Uh, if you're 100 to 250, you're a medium time listener. Over 250 episodes, long time listener. If you're Jericho Sherman and you listen to 500, yeah, yeah then you're, you know, you're you're one of the, uh, I don't know, like you're, you're part of the status. platinum, yeah, exactly, you're the aggro crag. If you uh, listen to all f- f- 534, then you're in that, uh, then that elite group, yeah, yeah. I, uh, I mean, a lot of people have come back, they go back and listen to the old ones too. You do that, yeah. Which if, if, yeah, you, if you do that, then you know. That, and I did that. Like, I mean, some of my favorite podcasts I've just discovered in the last like year. And, you know, I'll listen through a whole thing. Like, just, I, we appreciate, obviously, any listener that we get because, like, it's it still blows my mind. People like to listen to the show and, and really, really love it. And it's amazing. So, uh, if you listen at all, thank you. I, yeah, it doesn't matter what kind of thing you are, but that's my arbitrary system I just made up. And uh, I'm going to go with that. 
100 to 250. Yeah. So, that's medium time. Yeah. I was going to base it on like Olympic cycles, but then it just got really complicated in my head. Yeah. So it's I won't it's, do that it's easy to, I mean, we're coming up on 10 years. That's pretty crazy. Yeah. Yeah. In September, it'll be 10. Yep. We started on a non championship year and we're going to hit 10 <laughs> on a non championship year. Uh, all right. House of at gmail.com is the email address. We will post more information about the tentative live show that is going to take place next Sunday, April 19th, during the middle of the day, central slash Pacific time. Uh, maybe early afternoon, maybe like 2 p.m. my time, noon your time, something like that, or 1 and 3, something like that. We'll figure yeah, it out. somewhere in that range, I think. Uh, yeah. But again, we'll have more info or we'll put a second episode out this week where it's just Jason telling you how to tune in. Is that yes. cool? Yes. Yeah, I think that's that's good. Huh. So they, I'm I'm into it. That'll be fun. Yeah, and come with uh, – we won't have any plan, but like come with questions because we can bring people in and take calls uh, so people can just like do a question. And yeah, we can answer some emails, but yeah, that's going to be mainly what it is. So Yeah. And then I can say, Mike from Sheboygan, you're on. That'll be awesome. Be like, I'm still thinking about when Shawnee Miller cheated and fell across the line. Allison Felix. Yeah, let's make it real, like, serious. Let's make it, like, actual sports talk radio. Like, we'll give each other nicknames. Like, (laughs) Kevin and the Jace on F on AM 580 KRUN. (laughs) KRUN, I like it. Yeah. Let's do it. Let's do it next week. All right. That's it. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Talk to you guys next week. Stay safe out there. We have a gloriously sunny day here in the studio. Um, We've seen some action this morning as well. Jessica Ennis, good night. The legend.